The Tennis Gambling Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast. Now, it's currently early Monday morning, February 12th. Number host, always, Scott Rochelle, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a pretty long episode because we are trying to preview three ATP tournaments in the same episode. We're going to preview Buenos Aires, we're going to preview Delray Beach, and we're going to preview uh, Rotterdam. So we're going to go through all three of those. I do have quarter odds, finally, on one of these events. I have it in Rotterdam. So I'm going to go through the quarter odds in that one. Don't have it, though, for Buenos Aires and for Delray. So we are going to be doing just the regular outright picks for those. But it should be a long episode. Strap in, get comfortable, and we'll probably be here for, I don't know, 40 minutes to an hour. I'm going to try to get it done sooner, but no promises. We'll see what happens. Either way, though, before we get into any of the actual uh, previews for those tournaments, I want to remind everybody to like and subscribe on YouTube. Also, I want to remind everybody to rate and review on Spotify or Apple, whichever way you're consuming the podcast. Reviews go a long way, so I'd appreciate it if you took the time a minute or two just to leave a review. And also a reminder, we have merch on the SGPN merch store, so if you do want to get a t-shirt, if you want to get a mug, we got you covered there on the SGPN site. A lot of tennis, though. Should be a lot of fun, and I expect to see more viewers because the NFL season is over, which is partially why this episode is coming out so late. Because I was going to do the actual research after the game. Then the game went to overtime. And suddenly my plans had to change. So either way, now we're a bit behind schedule. Is what it is, though. We are going to get this episode out a couple hours at least before Rotterdam starts. Either way, though, I'm going to start off with the actual recap of what happened on Sunday. Unfortunately, not a good day for the picks. Did go 0-2 on the lock and dog. Had the loss with the over. Uh, 22 and a half games in the Dimitrov and Umber match at minus 115, which was especially annoying because I kind of called the match itself correctly. I thought Dimitrov was too big of a favorite. I thought Umber was going to be live to win the thing. He did. Unfortunately, he kicked Dimitrov's ass. And because of that, the actual total didn't get there. In hindsight, I should have given out three and a half at minus 140 for Umber. Didn't do it, though. So I picked the wrong play there. And as for the dog, really wasn't close. Gave up Bagnus money line. At plus 122, unfortunately, Bagness was just not good enough to beat Darderi, and Darderi looked fully healthy after he struggled physically in the latter stages of that bias semifinal. Then Bagness had a shot there to potentially make the match interesting, and his body kind of let him down in the second set as Darderi got the break at 4-4. Very long game, and then you saw Bagness kind of roll over there in the 4-5 game to lose the event. But props to Darderi winning his first ever ATP event which is almost impossible to do. He was a challenger champion a couple of times. Then he decided to go to the ATP tour and he won his first appearance. So good for him. I know his dad was either his coach or just in attendance and Darderi's really good. So shout out to him. Unfortunately for us though, picked up a loss with the dog as well. As for the match uh, recaps of the three finals, uh, Marseille was pretty straightforward. You saw uh, Dimitrov get killed uh, by Umber. Umber, I said, might end up being a top 10 player. Uh, moving into the next couple of months. I believe now he's in the top 15, I think. But the point is, he's been great 
for the last couple of months, and we'll see if he can keep it going for the rest of 2024. But he's going to be dangerous, especially in the hardcore season, so keep an eye out for him. As for Dallas, we were right about Giron making it close. Unfortunately, Giron did not get the job done as he did lose in three. So we did get the overs right in that match, like the over in sets, the over in games. Thought Giron had a shot to win it. He did not, but there was some good news based on our a somewhat faulty prediction there for the final, which was winning an outright. We had Tommy Paul to win Dallas at plus 500, so that was a nice outright to help save our Sunday. So props Tommy Paul. I believe that is the second ever uh, ATP title for him. So we ended up winning an outright, which is always nice. I kind of wish it was a better price than 5-1, to one, but it is what it is as Paul got the job done in three. And for Cordoba, once again, pretty straightforward. Darderi buried uh, Bagnus, and that was the story. So either way, not much else to recap. Now it is time to get into the actual previews for the three events. We're going to start off with the Rotterdam preview because A, it's going to start first, and B, it is the most important event of the week. It is a 500, while the other two events in Buenos Aires and Delray Beach are 250s. So the field will be a lot better here in Rotterdam. As for the actual plan, for the breakdown, we're going to read off the recent winners, then I'll do the quarter odds, then I'll do the outright odds. We're going to do that order. So starting off with the recent winners, Medvedev is the defending champion as he beat Sinner last year. He was supposed to be here, but then the coach decided that he was not physically ready to come back after the Australian Open. As a result, Medvedev did end up withdrawing from the event. So Sinner's still going to be here, though, looking to avenge the uh, loss he had in the final last year. You had Felix winning against Tsitsipas the year prior, Rublev beating Fuksovics, Monfi beating Felix, and you had Monfi beating Warenka. So really not much recent history to talk about because you had a Rublev, you had Felix, and you had Sinner Medvedev. So you have a couple of deep-run guys, even Monfi, who's in theory in the field, but well past his prime. But the point is, not much else to talk about for the recent winners. Now to get into the actual quarter previews, I'm going to read off the uh, odds for the quarters, and then I'm, I'm just going to give out my picks here. So starting off with the first quarter, you have Sinner at minus 225, Bublik at 6-1, to one, Chorich at 8-1, to one, Shapovalov at 850, Rayonic at 14-1. to one. He's actually back. I'm shocked. Uh, Monfi at 18-1, to Dezanschulp at 22-1, to one, and DeJong at 22-1. to one. I'm not going to spend much time on this quarter. It's Sinner. I'm not really going to waste much more time on this. A defending runner-up, he won the Australian Open. He's elite on indoor hard courts. And you could argue, based on current form, is he the best player in the world? Like You can kind of make that argument. He's beaten Djokovic three of the last four meetings. And he ended up, uh, once again, being in better form than Alcaraz over the last couple of months. You can make an argument that Sinner, I'd say worst-case scenario, is the third-best player in the world, and he's probably two. I mean, based on Alcaraz's form over the last couple of, of events since Wimbledon last year, he's kind of underachieved, and Sinner's been fantastic. So you can argue that Sinner is easily... I mean, you could argue that he's, the, that he's second best or the best, but he's easily in the elite tier, and Djokovic and Alcaraz are not here. So Sinner definitely has a leg up on the rest of the actual quarter. So give me Sinner. I'm not going to bet it at 225, but I'm not picking anybody else. I think Sinner is going to cruise through this uh, section. Now, looking at the second quarter, you have what should be a more interesting little quarter here. As looking at the actual odds here, her catch is the favorite at 2-1. to one. You have Umber at 350, Struff at 7-1, to one, Greek Sport 7-1, Fakina at 7-1, to one, Rusevori at 750, Laheshka at 8-1, to one, and Musetti at 14-1. to one. Now, the first pick I'm going to have is going to be Hercatch. I am going to take him because his path is pretty favorable. He has a match against Laheshka. 
than either Greek Sport or Musetti. You have Umber. Umber, though, did just win a title in Marseille. And you know, I typically like to fade guys off of deep tournament runs. I think Umber might lose in the first round. I'll get into that in a second. But the point is, I do think Umber is going to be a pretty solid fade spot after winning an emotional title in his home country over the weekend. So I think Umber is probably a worthy fade, especially since he has no buy in this tournament. So he's going to go right back into playing, and I think he's going to struggle in the first round of that match. But the point is, Hercatch is in a great spot, I think. He's a great server. He's better than Laheshka, better than Greek Spore, better than Umber, at least a tired Umber. Umber just beat him uh, in Marseille, but I personally don't think Umber is going to make it that far in this event. So I do think there's a good path here at 2-1. to one. And my long shot for the actual quarter is going to be Umber's opponent in the first round. I'm going to take Rusevori at plus 750. Now, his path is pretty favorable. Uh, against Umber in the first round, I mentioned a second ago that Umber is off of a title on a Sunday. So exhaustion might be an issue. But if you look at the head-to-head, Rusevori has kind of owned Umber, and nobody's noticed. Rusevori's 4-0 lifetime against Umber. So if you're gonna if you're gonna give me an undefeated record in the head-to-head against a tired opponent, I do like that path. Fakina or her catch, uh, he has Fakina in the next round, and you we know Fakina's a head case you could lose to anybody, and then he has a matchup against her catch. One and two in the head-to-head, but all three matches were competitive. So the point is I think Rusevori's path is actually decent if he can get by Umber. And I think Umber is a bit compromised based on the lack of proper rest time in between Marseille and Rotterdam. So I do like the actual odds here for Rusevori at 750. Moving on to the third quarter, though, going to look at the odds here. You have Dimitrov as the favorite of about plus 162. Rune at 2-1. Safulin at 7-1. Fuksovic at 8-1. Zhang at 10-1. Shevchenko at 12-1. Morozin at 14-1. And Sonigo at 14-1. Now, simply put, I'm going chalky here. Yes, I know I'm being a bit of a hypocrite because Umber I am fading and Dimitrov I am backing, but it's because the field talent, in my opinion, is pretty weak in this actual quarter. I'm going with chalk here. I got Dimitrov and I got Rune. Dimitrov's based on his form so far in 2024, and it's just based on him being the best player in this actual quarter. Rune's a bit trickier because he's been, once again, unpredictable for the last couple of years. But his path is decent. He has a match against Safoulin in the first round, which could be tricky, but he did beat him in Brisbane. Uh, he has a matchup against Zhang or Shevchenko, which I think he should be the favorite in by a decent margin. And then he has a matchup against Dimitrov, who he lost to in the Brisbane title. But Dimitrov might be tired once again. But I expect one of the two favorites to win the quarter. So I'm going to bet it that way. Give me Dimitrov at 162 and give me Rune at 2-1. to one. Moving on to the fourth quarter, you have uh, Rublev as the favorite here of about plus 162. Dimenauer at plus 275. Felix at 450. Korda at 5-1. to one. Goffin at 11-1. to one. Prismich at 16-1. to one. Cressy at 18-1. to one. And Bergs at 25-1. to one. Pretty much rinse and repeat from the third quarter. I'm taking the chalk. Give me Rublev here at plus 162. His overall path is pretty favorable. Berg's in the first round. He was a big favorite over. He's 3-1 in the head-to-head against Felix, and he's 3-2 is uh, three and two in the head-to-head against Dimenauer. Did beat him in the Australian Open. It was a five-set marathon, but the point is Rublev has gotten the better of Dimenauer in the past, so I do like the actual uh, chance of him getting to the semis at plus 162. And my second choice is the second favorite. I got Dimenauer at plus 275. His path is pretty favorable, too. Matchup against Korda 
in the first round. One to one in the head to head, but he did win the only hardcore meeting. Court has been a mess so far in 2024. So I do think Dimonauer is going to beat him in the first round. Might not be easy, but I think he'll get it done. Then he has a matchup against either Gofen or Prismich, and then a matchup against Rublev. The Rublev match was close. Then he ran out of gas in the last couple of sets there. But the point is, I do expect Dimonauer and Rublev to face off against each other in the quarters. Should be a fun match. Should be close. Give me both sides of the coin, and I do think I will cash one of them. So once again, my actual quarter picks for the Rotterdam event. The first quarter will be center. Not going to bet it, but once again, I'm not picking anybody else. Not going to waste my time. I'm officially giving center Alcaraz Djokovic treatment for, from now on because he has definitely proven to be at an elite level. In the second quarter, I have Hercatch at 2-1, to one, and I have Rusevori as my long shot at 750. For my, th- uh, for my third quarter, give me Dimitrov at plus 162, and give me Rune at 2-1. to one. And for the uh, fourth quarter, give me Rublev at plus 162, and give me Dimonauer at plus 275. Now moving on to the actual outrights for Rotterdam. If you're worried about the episode being too long, don't worry. Once again, I have a lot more on Rotterdam than the other two events because A, the field's bigger, and B, I have quarter odds on this event and not the other two. So just bear with me here for a second. For the outrights, going through the odds quickly, you have Sinner as the favorite of about plus 125. Shop around, though. You can't find better lines. Rublev at 7-1. to one. Uh, Rune at 9-1. to one. Hercatch at 11-1. to one. Dimitrov at 11-1. to one. Dimenauer at 11-1. to one. Umber at 14-1. to one. Korda at 22-1. to one. Felix 25 to 1, Bublik at 25 to 1, Greeksport 28 to 1, Chorch at 35 to 1, Shapo at 35 to 1, Laheshka at 40 to 1, and I probably mentioned too many names. Now, going through the actual outrights here, a lot of it's going to be rinse and repeat from the quarters because obviously, if I'm picking you to win the quarter, then I'm picking you to make a deep run, and I'm going to pick you probably to win the event. So, starting off with the obvious choice, give me center at plus 137. Duh, I don't really have much else to add. He's a top two or three player in the world, and he's great on hard court, especially indoors. Just won the Australian Open, only dropping one uh, only dropping one set before the final to Djokovic, and then beating Medvedev. I think Sinner's the best player here. I think he's probably going to win, and he has motivation because he lost in the final last year to Medvedev. So give me Sinner at plus 137. For my second pick, give me Rublev at 750. Good hardcore player, top 10 player in the world, borderline top five, but I am going to go with chalk in this event. It's a 500. I typically lean to the chalk in 500s and 1000s. So give me the chalk once again and give me her catch at 11 to one. I'm going to skip over Rune. I don't trust him enough. And I do think that her catch with his serve and his overall draw is quite favorable. I'm not going to fully blame him for losing to God mode Umber in the semifinals, who also killed Dimitrov in the final and straight sets. So her catch, we know, is a very, a very good player in general. Lost to Medvedev in five sets in the Australian Open. Not going to beat him up too badly over it. I like his overall game. Give me her catch at 11-1 to 1 as well. And moving on to the first 250 of the episode, going to look at uh, Buenos Aires. And we're going to start off looking at the actual recent winners. Alcaraz, he's defending champion. He's going to try to repeat as champion since he's in the field here. He beat Rune in the final last year. You had Rude beating Schwartzman. You had Schwartzman beating Sarundolo. Uh, that's F. Sarundolo. And you had Rude beating uh, Souza. Uh, Rude is not here, so you don't have to worry about trying to fade him. He's not going to be here. Pretty weak field in general. Now, once again, I do not have quarter odds, so we're going to dive right into the outrights. Uh, for the actual outrights, you have one massive favorite, and that is Alcaraz. Everybody else is 10 to 1 or higher. Alcaraz is minus 150. Nori's 10 to 1. Baez is 12 to 1. 
Uh, Sarundalo is 14 to 1. Jari's 18 to 1. Fees is uh, 18 to 1. Echeverry's 20 to 1. Dejir's 28 to 1. To be honest, I'm really not going to waste my time. I'm going chalk once again. I'm going to go with Alcaraz. Now, I found 140. Do I feel great about laying it? Not really. But Alcaraz is a very good clay player. And I do think with the lack of overall talent in the 250s, it's a pretty decent spot to take chalk, especially with a lot of the high-profile guys being in Rotterdam. The field is pretty weak. And I think that Alcaraz, who's the defending champion, the best player here by a wide margin, I do think that he's in line to get the job done. And I do think minus 140 is expensive but it's warranted, and he won it last year. So I am going to go with Alcaraz as my first choice. My second pick is going to be a repeat of the final from last year. Give me Nori at 11-1. to Defending runner-up, he also looked great in the Australian Open, made a good run, beat Rude, and ended up losing in five sets to Zverev in a super breaker, I believe. But the point is, he was in very good form on the hardcore season. Yes, I know it's clay. Different animal, but the point is Nori had a very down 2023 year, and it does seem like he's regained his form. So I do like seeing that. The fact that he was successful on clay here, especially in Buenos Aires last year, does tell me he can handle this type of environment. And his path is pretty favorable. He has a bye in the first round. Then Offner and Coria should have a massive war which I do think Nori will take advantage of, facing off against the winner. Then he has a matchup against Baez in Baez's home country, but he is 2-0 randomly on uh, Clay in the head-to-head against Baez, which I wouldn't have expected, but it is true. So I think Nori's got a decent path to the semis, and I do think this field, once again being weak, should result in a pretty chalky final, in my opinion. So give me the rinse and repeat. Give me Alcaraz versus Nori in the final, and I am going to go with Alcaraz and Nori to win the thing. Alcaraz probably is going to win it, but I'm not going to only pick a minus 140. Give me Nori as well at 11 to 1. Moving on to the final tournament of the episode. Going to look at Delray Beach. Now, this one is also going to be a bit chalky, but you have a couple of better options where the favorite here is at plus 225 as opposed to minus 140. So there are a couple of options to choose from. Going through the actual history of the event, though, the recent winners, you had Fritz beating Kekmanovic last year. You had Nori beating Opelka. You had Hercatch beating Korda, and you had Opelka beating Nishioka. So a couple of former winners or finalists are here in this event. Fritz is back trying to defend his title. Kikmanovich is here trying to win the title. And you have uh, Nishioka, who's also going to be here. Now, looking at the actual outrights, got to read off the odds. You're looking at Fritz being the favorite of minus 225. You're looking at Paul being the second favorite at 550. Telling you right now, I'm not going to take Paul. You know my thoughts on fading guys off of championships. And with him immediately winning in Dallas, I don't exactly expect him to either A, show up here, or B, make a deep run. I think he might be exhausted, so I'm going to fade Paul here. I don't trust him making it all the way to another title. Uh, Tiafo's at 650. No chance in hell I'm taking Tiafo. He's a psycho. Not going to bother. Manorino's at 11 to 1. You have Kikmanovic at 14 to 1. Giron at 14 to 1. Same story as Paul. Not touching him. I do think that he's in line for what could be a tricky tournament, especially since he just made the final and kind of ran out of gas there in the third set. So I'm going to fade Giron as well. Thompson at 14 to 1 is interesting. Mickelson is at 16 to 1. Shang is at 20 to 1. Evans is 20 to 1. Arnaldi's 25 to 1. Duckworth is 28 to 1. Taro Daniels 28 to 1. And that's basically it. So starting off with my picks for the outrights, I am going to start off with the favorite here. Give me Fritz at 225. Defending champion. He's American, so he does have a home country advantage. And he's on the opposite side of the bracket as Paul and Tiafo. Tiafo is a former champion here. 
in 2018. But the point is, I do think that Paul and Tiafo, who could give Fritz the biggest trouble, are on the other side of the bracket. So I do like the idea of having them battle it out or maybe losing before the final, and Fritz might capitalize. But Fritz was in very good form in Australia. Lost to Djokovic. Didn't win a set, though. Played pretty well. Just ran into Djokovic. Ended up beating uh, everyone else in his path. Uh, he had a bit of a war in the first round against uh, Diaz Acosta. Got it done, though. Did beat Sissipas, so that was a nice win there for him. Uh, but I do think Fritz is in good form, and I think he'll look like it in this event. Give me Fritz at 225. I am going to go with two other long shots, though. Give me Manorino at 11-1. to one. His path is quite, is uh, pretty favorable to me. Has a buy in the first round, then Giron, who might be exhausted after making the final in Dallas. Then a match against Kikmanovic, who he's 3-0 in the head-to-head, and he randomly does have a 3-2 head-to-head record against Fritz. Now, Fritz has done better on the hard courts, but Manorino has... Uh, beaten some better players than Fritz before. He's beaten Fritz before. I do think 11-1 to 1 is a good price. He was in Dallas, made the semis, but he barely played because he had a walkover, a bye, and Duckworth got injured. So I don't exactly expect him to be showing any signs of fatigue after barely playing in Dallas. I do think Manorino at 11-1 to 1 is a good price, and I am going to take it because of it. And my last pick will be the runner-up from last year, Give me Kikmanovic at 14 to 1. Simply put, I like the overall path. He's against Kipson in the first round. Then Vukic is at a pretty down year. And then you're looking at Manorino, who's 0 3 against. But Manorino, maybe if he's not in his usual form, can struggle. And Kikmanovic is the defending runner up. So maybe he'll have an edge in this actual tournament. But I do think that the 14 to 1 price for the defending runner up is a good price. And I am going to take it. So once again, my picks for all the events here with the outrights. Uh, for Rotterdam, I'm going to go with Sinner at 137. I'm going to go with Rublev at 750, and I am going to go with her catch at 11-1. to 1. For Buenos Aires, I am going to go with Alcaraz at minus 140, and I am going to go with Nori at 11-1. to 1. For Delray Beach, I am going to go with Fritz at 225. I'm going to go with Manorino at 11-1, to 1, and I am going to go with Hikmanovic at 14-1. to 1. That's going to wrap it up, though, for the actual outrights. I thought I was going to spend a lot more time uh, in... Buenos Aires and in in uh, Delray, but I really don't see the need to, especially with Buenos Aires. That's pretty straightforward as far as I'm concerned. Delray, you can make an argument for a couple of other guys. Maybe if you want to take Thompson and you like his overall form, I don't think he's good enough to win the thing, but I can understand where you're coming from. The issue I had with Thompson was the first round. He's against Evans, which I think is a very tricky match. So I am going to stay away from Thompson because Evans is a very difficult player to prepare for. And I do think that should be a very long match, a grueling match. And as a result, I am going to stay away from both guys. But a lot of the guys I might have been tempted by, I have issues with personally, uh, based on either the form or just based on the overall uh, fatigue angle like Paul and Giron. Tiafo, I will never take. I can't stand that guy. Uh, absolute head case. I will not waste my money on him. Mickelson is a good player. I think he's overrated, but he's also very young. I don't see him winning this title. Zhang is interesting. He hasn't played in a while, though, but Zhang, we know, can make a good run. He made the final in Hong Kong. Looked pretty good on the hardcore season. I don't think he's good enough to win the event. Uh, plus 2,000, though. I've seen worse picks. I'll put it that way. Uh, but he faced off against Tiafo in the second round, who actually beat in Hong Kong. So maybe you can make a case for Shang, uh, but I'm not going to. At plus 2,000, if you want a flyer, I don't totally hate it. But once again, that's going to do it for the actual outrights. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. But before we get into any of that, going to have a quick word from our sponsor. 
We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to pull inside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NBA, NHL, and college basketball. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win up to 100 times your money with some spicy plays. So watch along, make your picks, maybe make a little money over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. Remember, when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. It's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. PN. We're also brought to you by Hall Fan Bets. Win bigger, big, smarter. Send season with Hall Fan Bets. Sports fan analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall Fan Bets' revolutionary, revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall Fan Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the three DP events in kind of record time for this podcast. I know last year I probably would have taken a, about an hour. That's uh, one of the perks of having the actual show on YouTube is that I have to organize everything into the uh banners so i already have everything organized i already went through everything so it is going to save time for the actual show itself but for the actual lock and dog picks i am going to go to a matchup between taro daniel and with uh duckworth and for this one i'm going to go with daniel on the money line at minus 144 now i am aware that uh you might end up getting this bet voided because i'm not sure duckworth is going to play in this event. And that's going to backtrack to what happened in Dallas. Duckworth showed up for his match against Manorino. I believe it was a quarterfinal match. And he immediately hurt his hip three games into the match. Tried to finish the match. Couldn't do it. Retired in the second set. Now, you're looking at Duckworth. He has a bunch of injuries in his career. Whether it involved his shoulder, his elbow, or even just his hip. He had a hip injury in 2022. And it appears that has returned as he had to retire once again against Manorino. So if he does play... He should be well below 100%. I'm not sure if he's going to actually play in this event, but I do like the value if you can take it. Worst case is it voids. It's not a big deal. But the point is, I do think if you are going to take this play, a reminder, a PSA, bet this on a book that will grade Moneyline bets as a winner if one full set is completed. Because I can see a world where Duckworth shows up for the match, maybe tries to test out the hip, doesn't have it, and then ends up quitting if he falls behind early. Or maybe he just falls behind, or he maybe uh, wins the first set, loses the second, and the longer the match goes on, the less likely his hip's able to remain, uh, I'd say, comfortable for him to continue. So I do think that there's a retirement win uh, potential here with this bet, but I do think that Daniel is also in better health form. He lost pretty early on in Dallas, but that means he is rested, and he ended up losing to... Uh, Tommy Paul who won the tournament, so no shame in that. But I think Daniel is a pretty good hardcore player. It's mostly fading Duckworth. He's off of a hip injury that he's been dealing with for a couple of years. And if you can get a win against a compromised opponent at minus 144, I think that's a great price. So that's going to be my pick for the lock. For my dog, I am going to go to Rotterdam, and I am going to look at a two-pick parlay, actually. I'm going to take a money line parlay. The two-pick will be on her catch money line, parlayed with Shopo money line, and that two-pick does pay out at minus 130 on DraftKings. Cupboard's why I am going to go with her catch to get the job done. First reason, he is in better form. Her catch has won nine of his last 12 matches. The only three losses were to Umber, who was an insane, mo- uh, just an insane form 
in his home country. Medvedev, who we know is one of the best hardcore players in the world, who made the final in the Australian Open, and that match did go five sets. And Zverev, who was in a very good spot to actually make it to the final before choking away his two-set lead against Medvedev. So Herkesh lost to two very good top five, top ten players, and Umber, who I think should be a top ten player in the future. He's against Laheshka, though. Laheshka has not been in good form since winning in, in uh, Adelaide. As you saw, Laheshka split his last four matches with losses in straight sets to Rinderknich and lost to Mickelson, which is really not good at all. So the point is, I do think Laheshka is a bit overvalued in the spot, and I do think that Herkatch should beat him in either two sets or three. So that's kind of my angle for Herkatch getting the job done in that one. As for Shapo, I know he's had some injury issues. And I know that he's kind of unpredictable, but he's against Monfils. Now, Monfi has done well in Rotterdam in the past, but this is not the past. And Monfi, as far as I'm concerned, is absolutely washed. We faded him against Kaboli a couple weeks ago, and that was in Monfi's home country. And Monfi started off well, then ran out of gas and got bageled in the final set. I believe he lost in nine of the last 10 or 11 games in that match. He got killed down the stretch. But Monfi is simply put, not backable or trustworthy, in my opinion. The body might not hold up, and he's just in really bad form based on the results. Shapo, though, despite being a head case, has been in good form in qualifying, did end up beating Gaston, and he ended up beating Martero in straight sets. So I do like Shapo's current form. I think that Monfi is kind of an autofade at this point. I mentioned a list of guys a couple episodes ago that I'm going to try autofading. Gasquet. Murray has been tricky because he's been competitive, but he still lost a lot of matches recently. Monfi at the ATP level, I kind of have to fade at this point. I think that we're waiting for him to retire. He's going to stick around until the Olympics, probably retire right after that. But Chapo, I do think, is in better physical form, and I do think that he's the better player at this stage in their respective careers. So I do like him to get the job done, and I do think that you can look at a spot where Chapo should end up winning. So for me, my lock for the show is going to be on Daniel. Moneyline at minus 144, mostly a Duckworth injury fade. He might withdraw from the event. It wouldn't shock me. But if he tries to tough it out, make sure that you do bet this on a book that grades retirements as a victory for you. Because Duckworth might retire, which is why I think this line is juiced to Daniel, even though he is 0-2 lifetime against Duckworth. I'm going to fade the injured player at a pretty good price. For my dog, give me a two-pick parlay. I am going to go with her catch on the money line parlayed with Shoppo money line, and the two-pick does pay out at plus 130. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. You can find me on a bunch of podcasts of the network, the NFL show, even though the season is now over, the NBA show, which of course is on uh, every weekday, and I'm on for four of those five weekdays, so you can check me out there. Uh, tennis, obviously, WNBA when the season starts, you get the point. Uh, either way, though, we're back once again for the quarterfinals of these three tournaments. Until next time, though, a reminder, to like and subscribe, a reminder to rate the podcast, and a reminder to check out the merch store if you want to support the show. Until next time, though, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.